Oh, good morning, beautiful people. Welcome back uh, to Love Babs Love Talk, the second hour. And as promised, I'm having a conversation with uh, some brothers who are uh, doing their very best to raise awareness around wrongful convictions, particularly around um, the Malik Jones, uh, Malik, the Malik Jones case. Um, hey, D Dr. Don McCauley. Hey, James Jeter. How y'all doing? Unmute yourselves. Hey, Malik. How are you? Hi, Babs. How you doing today? I'm good. How are y'all? I'm doing well today. All right, so so we're here to talk about wrongful convictions. Is that is that what I that that's how I'm I'm framing this? Because this is quite troubling to me. So I want to make sure I frame it out right in the ways that make sense uh, for y'all to this, this morning. I think Malik's trying to get on with the audio. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I think today wrongful conviction, but also talk about Malik an opportunity to talk about his story um, and put it out so that the rest of the world can understand. Um, what was happening, what happened then, and what's the transition now, what more can be done. Okay. All right. So so take us back. Give us a a, a brief synops, a synopsis of what has happened. Just a, like a two-second, what are we up against? Yes. Uh, Malik, you want to take it? I mean, you, have a, you, you know better than anybody. <laughs> I think Malik has to reconnect his audio. Yeah, has to reconnect his audio. So anyway, someone. Uh, so, Mister so, Mister Joe. Okay, go ahead, James. Somebody. Um, trying to get him to get his volume right. All right, he's connecting the audio right now. Okay, so uh, he was convicted of a crime that he did not commit thirty-one years ago. The uh -huh. courts set him free. The federal court set him free. The state courts are, I, from what I understand, is looking to appeal this this latest turn of events. Uh, the the state yeah. court has stated their intent to appeal, but they haven't issued on what grounds that they're going to yet. Okay. All right. And so. Um, and so what we want to know is how the community could best support Malik. Um, and this is not, uh, and unfortunately, this is not a new phenomenon. Like there, out of the 30 some odd cases in, in Connecticut that have been wrongfully convicted and exonerated, half of those come from New Haven. Uh, since Malik's case is overturned, uh, we, we tipped the scale. We're no longer half. We're the, we're the majority. So we're the majority now. We're the majority. Yeah. So, so in your in your in your uh, uh, quest to raise awareness around wrongful convictions, does that also include uh, more police oversight and how cases are handled and how cases are uh, and evidence is collected and how people are charged with crimes and and what happens when um, um, due diligence isn't done fully? Yeah, I mean, I think um, at 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 the base. You know, um, the only the only way for prevention, but but you know it can't be a paper tiger like in the past. Any any forms of police oversight, they haven't had any they haven't had any power to to do anything of of any real substance um, to enforce any any uh, corrections or penalties. Even like um, right now with the with the state's um, integrity review commission, they haven't they haven't. Uh, 
exonerated anybody with the power to exonerate from from the state's office. They haven't done it. They, they you know, they have cases on the desk right now that they won't touch. Um, and then I hope Malik can jump on I'm trying to. Okay. So, okay. so in, the mean, in the meantime, we do have to keep talking because it's. Yes, ready. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. So. The. Um. The. The state hasn't. The, the, the state. The state has. Has. I, I want to say more than doubled down. I don't. I don't think there's a. You have to like uh, exponentially. They've downed on their. Uh, their desire to uphold injustices that come out of a time period that we have to be ready to re-examine. Like we have to be ready as a community to re-examine exactly what transpired in our neighborhoods in the late eighties and throughout the nineties. And like really come to, come to a place of, of, of reckoning, reconciliation and recompense. Mm -hmm. Like, like those three things have to happen in our community um, about what, what transpired with our youth uh, during a, a generation where, all the jobs left, the warehouses, you know, the, the factory jobs left, the, uh, the, the textile companies left, and our neighbors were flooded with drugs. You know, like, we don't talk about how that, that vacuum and then this, this deregulation of how stuff was entering our communities uh, impacted our communities and our youth, you know, um, and, you know, how we can own the harm and the trauma and the harm that was done, how all of it can, the complexity of it can be discussed, owned and held. And we can hold, and in the same way that, you know, I myself and others have been held accountable, you know, also holding the authorities accountable for the way that they just ran Russia through our, through our communities, the way that they, you know, they, they held our communities hostage at literally at gunpoint. Um, and with no with, with, with complete uh impunity like they they just did what they wanted they they the, the law keepers were the biggest breakers of it hmm. i'll add to that i think one of the conversations for me like being a part of the police accountability bill but also the section around citizen review boards um that the bill was written in a way where it gave autonomy to different communities to decide and vote on if they wanted um, civilian review boards. I know that one of the challenges in this one would be um, one, putting that together, getting that voted on um, and, and getting that civilian review board. But to James' point about how do we retroactively go back? And so is evidence still available um, to like figure out how do we have this kind of redemption um, in terms of what our relationship could be with community policings um, and also like, is the police department open to those possibilities? And I get the reality is like they should be open to those possibilities in terms of just establishing those effective relationships. Because I, from my perspective, it was a lot of it's catastrophic. A lot of us were young at those times, five and six, and recognizing the changes in our communities, um, walking down the street, the different things that we saw go up street. And I don't think the city is any different. Um, it just it just looks different. So so folks that grew up and saw friends go away and come home. Um, and saw the, 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 not just the rise in violence, the rise in um, police and just in certain particular areas um, and what those relationships turned into. So I, I reflect on that and to say like a, re a civilian review board is possible. The question is, does it have teeth? And that's always the question of how do we move that forward? 
Are they going to be able to hold folks accountable? Are these lawyers or these doctors who's on different sides? And so I think that trying to get back what the people need instead of thinking about what the politics want, who doesn't want to be accountable for the past and just move forward. I think that's pro- that's problematic. And that's why we're, kind of, we're here today. Mm. OK, Mr. Jones, can you hear us? Can you unmute your phone? And, you know, you all that are on phones, you can put your phone on landscape and you can fill out the square. Just FYI. You just turn it to the side. Just turn it. It's unmuted. You have to unmute yourself. How do I do this? Perfect. There you go. You're there good. you go. We hear you. There all you right, go. all right. I'm, I'm on? Yes, yeah, you I don't are. know how to do the landscape. I don't know how to do <laughs> no. all this stuff. No, the landscape is just turn, just take physically. You know how you have your phone like this? Just there turn you go. it like that. Okay. There you go. All right. You have everybody doing? I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? What are you? Um, I'm 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 doing okay, man. You know, it's it's really good to be on this side right now. So you know, I don't have no complaints right now. So so, what are your your thoughts on the possibility of the state sort of appealing your freedom? Me personally, I feel like it's offensive. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've been in prison thirty some years. Something I didn't do, and you know, the the state and the police withheld evidence in in that regard um the judge overturned my conviction and yet they're appealing it like what are they appealing you know she uh she rendered her decision um you know i i i i carefully um you know went through it and i don't actually see what it is that they're appealing like you know <laughs> it, it it was really an indictment you know on 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 the things that they um that that they failed to do or evidence that they suppressed. So I I don't get why why are they still what are they arguing at at, at this point? Mm. So when you think about this, Malik, do you think about do you think about what was it? What was the catalyst for doing this to you? Like what was the driving catalyst for this? I don't. I I, I am quite troubled by this rush to make you the person that did this crime when they know that at some point they knew that you didn't do this, but yet they continue to follow this narrative to the, to the end. Yeah. I don't know. I I know that the prosecutor in this case, you know, he was involved in, you know, some other cases that I had had. So I don't know. He had a thing with that, but you know, it was just, I guess, you know, the neighborhood that I was in at that time, you know, it was a lot of stuff going on and, you know, they just figured, you know, they wanted to come after me, you know what I mean? And I, I, you know, I don't get it, especially if they had evidence that other people had committed the crime. Why would they, you know, just go to fabricate the case on me? Like, so, yeah, it, it was it was it was kind of crazy, you know, when I when, when you think about it. Mm. So so when you all think about this particular case and all the other cases of wrongful convicted um, folks, how, where do we begin with, and I and I know you talked about we need to go back and look at some of these cases that was happening in the eighties and all of that, and and I and I and I I agree with you, but where do where do we begin there, and and how involved can we get the community? Because you know, Dr. McCauley, um, the civilian review board became a thing, but um, it's very hard to get people to serve on the civilian review board. Mm-hmm. It is very time consuming and. And it's not often like you see on TV where it's exciting work and it's like Eureka and it's it's tedious and time consuming uh commitment. 
to answer that, I think the reason it becomes tedious and time consuming is that when you get the civilian review board, it has to go through a million different hoops to try to get um, evidence that to some degree is hidden. Um, It's not easily available. Mm. Um, It's not openly discussed. So maybe maybe a civilian review board looks at it in a way. Well, I may have a better connection with the um, community, but it's not there to do a do a job or create a relationship the police don't have. The reality is sometimes they're there to hold the police accountable for particular things that have happened within the community and to see is if the if their specific chain of command has been followed. And so the reality is civilian board that makes it difficult. Um I think I think a part of this is really about how the power of, of policing becomes something that's like a fearful or a prophecy, saying that. I'm making certain mandates and using power in a very um, erroneous way to set a precedent to keep people fearful and have this divisive relationship. And it, so the reality is when you see a rush for judgment, like who's involved, like reality, when they make mistakes, then they know that they may have set a precedent for 20 or 30 other cases that are that have been convicted. So their track record goes goes under file. And that becomes that problem. It's like someone is pr- protecting their legacy of career while also using innocent people to make their case. And I think that's the unfortunate reality. And so how do we talk about this in community? Malik, what would you like to see happen? James, Judah, what would you like to see happen in community? And and how do we prevent uh, another um, Malik from happening? And I know there's people sitting in prison right now who are waiting for their turn to be exonerated. Like, I, I know that. You know that. We know that. How do, but how do we how do we create a system where this does not continue to happen? Go ahead, James. You can take it first. All right. Um, I I I think one in well one I think that um it, it, it's it's um you I could say something but then the re the I, 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 I'm kind of struggling with the reality of what is right. So like mm-hmm. Don what Don just laid out. So when you look at um, New Haven for example. Um, uh, Trokio, the detective in Malik's case, he uh, suppressed evidence, and he's then made the state's chief investigator, right? So he's promoted, right? Uh, uh, Rauchi, the the detective in Scott Lewis's case, he had 14 internal affairs investigations that he was cleared on all 14 of them, and then he was indicted by the feds of the drug kingpin. <laughs> right. So let's 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 so let, these are the internal issues. That when when Don talks about how a review board is 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 ultimately turned into a paper tiger because you can't get his files, they're not turning over. Uh, you, you how do you? The, the, there's no cooperation from 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 that wall, that blue wall, to to bring down their own, right? Because it's it's it, it, it's a system. So when 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 corruption becomes institutionalized, it is the system. And so now you're talking about uh, judges who allow this to happen in court, not just the prosecutors, but the judges who who know law, who know that what was happening was illegal, allowed it to happen, ruled on it. Uh, and then prosecutors who become judges and, and, and from that and, and, and they have a legacy now and they're they're rooted in corruption. This is a system. So we're talking about pulling a string that pulls at the entire system. Community has to be willing to support that. It can't, you know what I mean? Like, a community has to be willing to demand and support that, or else it doesn't get done. It, it can't be a handful of people 
to really do that big of a lift. We have to do the lift. Like, it has to be all of us. Mm. Malik? Yeah, um, just to really piggyback on what he was saying, I mean, I mean, we see that, you know, the police or, you know, the state trying to investigate themselves, that really don't get us anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we've been having this problem for the longest. You know what I mean? And, and, and it seems like nothing has changed. But I also agree that, you know, the community... You know, we we have to stop becoming you know comfortable you know with or or just becoming immune to to stuff like this when it happens like you know like like we're normalizing this and you know normalizing this stuff people's lives are being affected by this and um yeah we need to have like you know our our, our public officials man we need some type of uh, of oversight you know what I mean that that that's really gonna do something to make a difference because. You know this this thing has been going on. It's it's, it's been perpetual. You know what I mean? Especially when you look at New Haven, in in general, like when you look at all of the um, you know, the cases that have been exonerated. You know, more than fifty percent of them are out of New Haven. That has to tell you something out of the entire state. You know what I mean? So that's an issue that that you know we we have to reckon with. You know, and hopefully, you know, moving forward, something can be done to 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 really 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 address this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, so, and so, do you have conversation with the legislative leadership, like the, the the folks that sort of you know put money in the in the in in cities and towns and municipalities? Do you have those conversations with with legis- legislative leadership about this is problematic and this has to be uh, looked into? I mean, do you do you? I mean, do you start there? Where do you start? Where do we start with trying to uh, make some inroads in this? I mean, I you telling your story and being very present is uh goes a long way with people sort of seeing you and knowing your story um you know uh but what what else can be done um uh, from from all the places where we can attack this issue well you hit on it <laughs> i mean uh like i don't have conversations with legislator uh, uh you know i would i would like to but i know that there are brothers out there like james and you know brother uh racy and so now a lot of other brothers out there that's doing a lot of you know positive work out there that um you know they've been to the capitol you know what i mean and they've you know been around in those circles to, to try to see if you know they can move the needle somehow so hopefully they need support, you know what I mean? And hopefully the community and other people and other organizations can, you know, get behind them, you know, in, in that effort. Uh, so, Don? I'd say the same thing. Um, I mean, the reality is that for us going into a political season now, um, you think about how politicians prioritize um, their platforms and recognizing that, you um, Politics should, at, it, at its at its least, recognize that this is what's happening in particular communities and, and using politics to reaffirm humanity. You see, those that are doing humanity work are not the politicians. They're the advocates um, that are not at the state. Um, there are these institutions that are what are the third arm of government in the state, UConn or Yale, in terms of having these particular initiatives. But actually, a politician standing on these realities and saying, how do we remend the harm that we've done? Um, and not to use an isolated situations where it's like, oh, let's close a prison. Um, let's get rid of a particular protocol in a prison. Um, and so, like, let's think about it at a, a more macro level. What's happening um, with all our prison systems? What's happening? Um, how we're policing it? Because it, it, it happens. It happens across different places. But because we have particular small municipalities and small political spaces 
that what becomes a priority for New Haven may not be a priority for Guilford. Mm. But the reality is that we are collectively together. And so when we want individuals to be advocates for their issues, when our issues come, they just they seem to go on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. So, James Jeter, is there an organizing body? Are you are you organizing yeah. a body of folks? Yeah, um, Full Citizens Coalition. Uh, we, you know, we we move on the theory and ideology of community equity. Um, but, but because now start with I say equity because equity starts with power, right? And so, um, and people, you know, they people have a definition of power uh, that is pretty perverse. So when you say power, all they think about is their own perverse definition. When you think of institutions, so they, you know, it, it causes them to to cringe. They don't want to give you power, but ultimately, power for us is the ability to create our own equity. Um, and when you and when you talk about the political, you know, the, the political moves, uh, it, it's created its own algorithm that is absent that is absent of us. So that so it, it doesn't move according to it to its its designed its its designed purpose, right? Um, this is a country that was started, you know, the the the, the beginning of the constitution is we the people, right? And so uh, uh, the, the, the the our country's uh, uh, saying for hundreds of years was e pluribus unum from many one right so these are the things that that this country will be rooted in which means that government comes from the people that's not the case anymore um we 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 push voting rights uh for the coalitions we we harping on voting rights um not from the point of going out to support any candidate but understanding how a community has the ability to build equities like right now in the political season um and especially in the the legislative season it's a short session. Short sessions are extremely conservative because it, on the heels of short session is every every legislator's reelection, and so they play everything tight to the vest. They play it tight to the vest because they don't they don't want any anomaly to harm their ability to stay in office, and so you won't get a you won't get legislation to help us pass in a short session. It won't happen unless you can prove to them that come November they won't have a job anymore. And so the theories of how these people actually work for us is lost in our communities. And so that's why I'm saying community has to get behind this is because our communities have completely checked out on this process. Uh, Hartford, New Haven, Bridgeport, you know, less than 20% of the voting uh, population determines who your mayor, council, aldermen, and border ed is. And those numbers shrink around each one. And if you even want to get more particular, your mayors decided in those three cities in the primary. So you're talking about five to seven percent of your voting population, right? Determines who who who's going to run your city. So these are things that we we've checked out of, and then we believe it doesn't work, but it's working for somebody. It's working for very small populations of community. It's working for sub for suburban uh, fear relief. Like the way that we're police eases the fear of the suburbs. The way that we're incarcerated makes them feel safe about laying down at night, right? Because they believe in the arm of the state. The police are an arm of the state. They are the part that you surrender your violence to, right? And so they're comfortable with that. They're comfortable with, with a lot that we can't be comfortable with. We're complacent in, but we're not comfortable with it. No one's comfortable with how our communities are ran, the lack of employment, the lack of housing, all the things that make going outside 
and taking penitentiary chances look attractive, right? We're not comfortable with any of it, but we're complacent in it. But the, the day we stop being complacent and we understand that, oh, this is these 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 uh, Connecticut cities are chocolate. They chocolate and brown. Like these is our cities, and we can run them and we can change the political landscape. Then we can change police departments. We can make them actually work in a way that is productive for our communities and not harmful. But that's a that that's a that's, that's a complete mind transformation that I don't think we're in a generation that has the patience for it because it didn't happen overnight. It took, you know, 50 years to bring us to a certain place. I don't think it takes 50 to get us out of it. I think it takes a, a few, it takes a few years for it to really come to the realization to see the fruit of what this can look like. Um, and I, I guess, you know, not I guess the work is how do we, how do we constantly build and strategize to bring that, the, the new thought process to community because it takes a complete transformation of the mind in our in our communities. It's not about these politicians. It's because it, they're they're elected, which means they can be unelected. You know, they 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 they're all for registration drive. They necessarily for new voters, but they can't predict what they what they're going to do, right? And so, but, but so we have more power than we realize in making sure that there are no more Malik that there are no more Malik Jones cases. We just it, it's so rooted in community. And not in their hands, and we have to come back to that reality that you know we can protest or we can unelect or we can do both. Mm -hmm. So, right? Malik Jones, but, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jay. No, 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 no. No, I, I've talked more than enough. Please. No, no, <laughs> no. This is radio. Everybody got to talk. So, uh, so, 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 Malik, when you hear that after spending 31 years and you're out now, um, how connected do you stay to this struggle, to this fight, to this awareness raising? No one, no one would fault you if you said, you know what, I like to go quietly and live my life and do what I want to do because I've, I've paid enough. Um, I mean, where are you in 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 that in that space? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah, it would be easy to do that, but you know, so much of my life has been, you know. Uh, 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 surrounded by, you know, what, what's, what's been going on that I don't know if I could just walk away like that. You know what I mean? Like my, my, my life has been impacted by this. And I had brothers like James and other brothers who actually was out there on the ground, you know what I mean? Fighting for me too. You know what I mean? Fighting with me. You know what I mean? Like they didn't fight for me. They fought with me. You know what I mean? And I think that I owe it, you know, not, not just, to myself, but to them, you know what I mean? To to see this through, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to see nobody go through what I went through, you know what I mean? It, 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 you know, they say that nobody knows the burden like he who carries it, you know what I mean? So it, it's just been a long, arduous struggle, but um, I'm around for these brothers because they were around for me. So, you know, however they need me, you know what I mean? To put my face on whatever's going on, I'm around. Mm. That's a That's a real commitment. Um, considering that you've already paid a heavy price, and uh, uh, I, I think there's a great deal of value in people sort of seeing you in connection to your story. Um, but I also understand if you would say, you know what, I, okay, I've done enough here, and let me go live out the rest of my days doing peace and quiet kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that, too, you know, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm going to spread myself, you know, the best way that I can. You know, you know what I mean? If there's if, if there's a way that I can be around for them, 
I'm 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 gonna do that. You know what I mean? Because they they definitely were around for me. You know what I mean? Thank you. So so where do we so where do we go from here, gentlemen? Where do we start? Where do you where do you where do you what do you want to see happen from this point on? I know you're already out there talking to people. I know that you know you've had a forum. I was at your forum. I know that um, you you're working in community or doing your best to work in community. What needs to happen next? Is there is there a plan um, that is an overarching plan that you can bring to the community? Is there is there a meetup where we could come and like hear more? Like well, like what like what's happening? All of that. Um, I, I, it's happening. I think it's, it has to happen in a way where right now we can't really talk too much on it because, <laughs> no, seriously, like, I mean, we, we're strategizing. We're strategizing on um, on a lot uh, to, to, to really bring more awareness and not, you know, and some, and some stuff beyond awareness, like a reckoning. And um, that, that has to be close to the vest until it's time. So, um but we, we, you know, uh, we're outside um, around our voting rights stuff on a regular basis. We're, we're canvassing and we're talking in halfway houses and we're talking on college campuses of, of, about a, a new theory of how we, we, we can actually build equity for our communities. But, uh, but, but these issues to me aren't, aren't unrelated. They're not unrelated at all um, because it's a power vacuum and, and we're losing in that. Um, but we're also like, this is a state issue, and how do you go after Goliath? You know, you can't just go after him head up with a sword and, and with, you know, this 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 heavy armor. You got to take it off and find five smooth stones. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. I like the biblical reference. I like it. I like it. That's a good story. So, all right. So you're strategizing. Um, there's a lot of things on the plate because you cannot talk about one thing. I mean, you just can't just talk about uh, uh, Malik Jones' situation without talking about voters' rights and, and and voter registration and voter disenfranchisement. You can't talk about voter disenfranchisement if you don't talk about educational access. And you can't talk about educational access if you're not talking about housing. And if you're talking about housing, then you better be talking about health equity and health access. You know what I mean? So there's like, there there is a whole lot on these plates that make up our community um, where um, sometimes it can feel a bit overwhelming to tackle some of these things. Yeah, yeah I, I think first thing first is we got, we we, we just supporting um, Malik in the immediate to make sure that, you know, okay. the, the state won just submit that they that they 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 own this and let it go um that he doesn't have to sit with something lingering over his head at this point you know when the federal the federal government has gotten involved and has cleared him has shown that there has been an atrocity that's taken place uh with his uh his case so i would imagine uh malik that um, once you know, we'll know uh, where the state is moving. Uh, James and Donald, can we be proactive with pressing the state um, on this matter? like, Or do we just wait for them to sort of say whatever it is they're going to say or not say? Uh, I would say that you can attempt to press the state. Uh, 
I think Malik, you're gonna have to shut off one of your devices. <laughs> yeah, I, I just was trying to get this joint to work the best way I could. <laughs> you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Doing a good job. We got about two would, minutes left. Go ahead. Got it. I would say to to, to press the state. Um, I mean, you can still bring the issue to them. So I think that there's going to be opportunities and forums to address those particular concerns. Um, it's really the entry point. So again, they figure who who the best way to like strategically think about this is like who who's who's interested and who's not interested and constituents. So I, I think in a large position position where you think about the state, what are their particular concerns right now? Who would be interested? And so the reality is that if you're not going to get them to move it on a cycle, uh, you still continue to follow the the stories, follow the documentaries, put out as much content and it kind of just kind of flood the space um, with this information because as it becomes part of a, la a large national agenda, it's always that, how does it trickle down? Mm -hmm. So someone has a on a national agenda, maybe thinking specifically about Chicago or, or Louisiana. So they may not see Connecticut as a larger issue. So however it happens, whoever's funding it privately and publicly, you have to recognize that at the federal level, those funds are not equally dispersed. It's equally dispersed among those constituents that, that have advocated for it or have favors for it. So I think that that becomes a hard issue where you're saying like, well, how does that come down to us at the state level and saying, even though it's a federal conversation and it's on the state platform or the federal platform, how does that reform come down to a policy when municipalities operate as a, like their own sovereign space? So I think it's, it's like it's, it's strategic and understanding where are the particular points of pressure to push on versus trying to say, OK, we can you can make noise about it, but it, ha it has to it has to have a landing ground in a, in a nice way. OK. Well, I so appreciate the, the time that you all took with me this morning to come and talk about uh, Mr. Jones and, and the strategy and what is going on and raising awareness around wrongfully convicted folks. Uh, I will invite you back. I want you to come back. I want you to consider this a platform that you all can use um, to get the word out and to raise awareness and to call to action. So feel free to just, you know, hit me up and let me know when you want to come back on, talk some more about this. Look forward Thank to you. It. Thank you too. Thank you. And it's good to see you, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Malik Jones. It's good to see Likewise. you. Likewise. James Jeter, I know I'll see you in, uh, Nephew Don McCauley, I know I'll see you shortly too. So y'all yeah. take good care. Right. Thank y'all. Right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Y'all take care.
Hallelujah.